Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. I didn't know that little lizard was over 75 years old. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company's called Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and in 54321, we're out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, everybody. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Zuckerman's coming in hot from his family vacation. And uh, where you know where, where I said he was going in the uh, Rod Emery show? He doesn't know this yet. Wow. I, said, I said, no, he's going to like one of those swinger resorts. It's, it's the Sandals Ooh. people, but it's Ooh. called Thongles. Dongles. <laughs> you like that guy. I'm, they're ripping in the tarot. But where, where were you? You were in France. Somewhere. I was in uh, Guam. <laughs> no, Which you I, weren't. I was okay. I was in Corsica. Oh, and because oh, you're my good friend, I I've been back and I've been back on U.S. soil for what twenty hours. Yeah, I've got ten years of work on my desk. And you've set a podcast <laughs> at 11 a.m.? I do one no matter what. I've invited you to this podcast, and I'm happy you showed up. You. But I'm doing it. I've got to do it. I've got to do one a week. I understand, but why wouldn't it be like Thursday? <laughs> well, or- because today, this is very good. You've set me up now. Today we have the folks from Pebble Beach Concord. We've got Sandra Button, who's the chairman. But wouldn't it be chairperson? The chair. The website says chairman. She's the chairman of the Pebble Beach Concourse. She's going to call and tell us all about everything that's going on, not just my forums, the whole event, because you and I are going, Zuckerman. We want to know what's going on there. Then, now I'm not going to get this name right. That's why they say one of the judges is calling in, Colin Feichtmeyer. <laughs> we'll get his the pronunciation of his name, or he's an executive director and a judge. Zuckerman, this is the guy or one of the guys who judges the Pebble Beach Concord. We can ask him. I, I had dinner with one of these judges once. They're fascinating how they actually look at these cars and the judgments they make. Do you have some questions? Look, you're looking at me. You're I, still drunk I'm from not your drunk. vacation. I just, I just <laughs> want to know, can I give him some money? How much? Okay, we money want to suborn. I just, I just, I, I don't care. I just want someone who's not supposed to win, win. I want to give the guy some money and see how, <laughs> see if we can bribe him, suborn some sort so, of. I don't even know what you're saying anymore. He's. This is just. Just try to be serious for this for just a little while. Maybe we'll learn something about this concord that we didn't know. I want to learn if it's if it is susceptible to bribery. Okay. 
We'll ask him that question. Has he ever <laughs> well, been? Well, isn't anything? Uh, well, that's a question. Okay. I like that. Yes. Has he ever, has he ever been has approached? Any, of course. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yes. All right. This is going to be good, Zuckerman. Um, before we get to that, though, I thought we would chat about a couple of things. One, in this bag right here from Monterey Car Week, I have, with my friends at Blipshift, designed a brand new shirt that's going to be offered July 31st. Uh, which is next week, next Wednesday. But I brought yours here. I got an, adva- an advanced sample for you. Are you ready? I've d- I have Will, no drum I- roll. Put a drum roll in. Here it is. This will be the new shirt available to all of you listeners. It is, especially for Monterey Car Week, when you see that car crossing the auction block and you can't afford it, what you do is you get two of your friends for a Plan Z. No way. And maybe some trumpets. Look at that. It's a gray shirt. With, you know what that car is right there? That is a Porsche. It happens what to be. What Porsche is it, it? It happens to be what a GT2 yes. carved up into three distinct pieces. Because that's all we could potentially <laughs> afford of that GT2. And we're talking a 993 GT2. That's right. And, and blue. blue. Well, I did that in kind of uh, to honor our friend Jerry Seinfeld. It's one of his favorite cars. And I did it in one of his favorite colors in the Mexico blue. Or Riviera Blue in this Let's case, see the back. right? Where does it say Spice yeah, Car on Radio? On the back, it says Holy in the same shit. color, Spice Car Radio. So there it is. The Plan Z, that's for you, my friend. Oh, you get to you. have that. Oop, I hit your mic. I am thrilled. Um, here, poke that, poke that mic down. At some point next week, I'll ping you, and you take a picture, put it on Instagram, remind everybody to buy it. They'll be at Blip Shift, everybody. They're usually 20 bucks, and uh, we couldn't be more excited to be doing another shirt with them. I w- I'm not going to do one after this for a little while, because I know we just turned out that other one. But my kids and their friends are going bonkers for this really? Spikes Car Radio swag. Really? Yeah. <laughs> They're going crazy. They love to wear it. I, I have an order for uh, 12 shirts already from the kids and for 20 hats. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Bill's going to make a profit. <laughs> yeah, by the way, the Spikes Car Radio hats that you keep seeing, Bill just made them, and now he's selling them and profiting off of them. Which... He owns the, con- the hat concession. <laughs> it makes no he, sense to us, but we're letting him do it. He just appropriated Don't it. bother us about mailing you one because we can't do that. You have to go to the Malibu Kitchen at the Malibu Country Mart. You go inside, see Susie at the counter there. You see Bill behind the counter. They're going to have those in a, in a week or so, and you buy your hats from Bill. All the money goes to Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so God bless Bill. Um, another bit of news for us. Um, I have, uh, 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 well, you know pretty much all this. Let me tell everybody else. The Zagato, which you didn't think would get built, Zuckerman, is landing on these shores this week. I, okay. I got back to 2,200 emails, and one of those emails was that they needed more time. They did. They did. They needed an extra week. The Italians needed an extra week to uh, fiddle with a car. <laughs> okay. I'll believe it when it's loaded on the plane. Okay. I, I understand. But once it's on that plane, it gets here in like 24 hours. How many pieces do you think it'll be in? I think it'll be perfect. You think it'll be perfect? Yeah, I. You know, my history with with either having cars delivered or flown or just watching Jerry do it has been the ones on the ships are the ones that get fucked get, up. They get fucked up. Yeah, there's there can be a little turbulence, but on the ship, lots of you know they tip over, they get smashed. It's a mess. So I think we're going to be uh, okay. Do you think it's going to work? You think it's going to work? No. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to, we're going to have something that's, if it's 80%, I'll be happy. But yesterday, 
I was at the uh, in San Clemente at the Southern California 356 Concours with our friend Pete McNulty and the whole crew. Rod Emery was down there. A beautiful location, a golf course. Mm. I drove the GT2 RS, our car, down the cart path, which I had never done before. That car went to two places this weekend where I never thought it would be. It was on a tiny ferry <laughs> in Newport Beach. I took a wrong turn, and I ended up on a ferry, so two cars. To Balboa Island. <laughs> I just ended up there, and I drove onto a ferry, and then I was on a golf cart path. Did you get pictures on the ferry? I have. I took a little bit of video inside. It was so unexpected, and I was in shock. I was talking to my wife, who was on the East Coast with my other son. It was a, It was just craziness, but it was the car did just fine. People are just looking at me going, what are you doing? They had their bikes. They were going across to Balboa Island going, what are you doing? And the same with the golf course. Those little 356s are going down the cart path to get on the lawn for the Southern California Concours, right? But you, you're in the GT2 rush. You're like, this is a little wider and longer. So it was. we were just inching now, along. Now, when, when you're on the car path, do you have one wheel off or both wheels off? Both wheels in, but between cement, you know, sidewalk, right, right. wheel destroyers. So I had to move very carefully and successfully made it down. Oh, I'll yeah, have to and take a look. It was great. And what a great event it was. It was a lot of fun. I forget where I was even talking about there. But, oh, saw... Uh, John Wilhoyt there, who you shamed on social media about your black speedster. It was actually just showing eager this. I was just, I just two years and a month. He's he's been working on the car, and I love because John John's been doing the restoration game longer than anybody. When I say to him, "How long is this going to take? Why is it taking so long?" He goes, "I didn't know it would take this long." Well, if he doesn't know that it, how long it's going to take, nobody knows. Well, nobody. He said he uncovered a lot of stuff. You know, as you, uh, you take know, the paint sure. off and you bring it down to metal, you yeah, start to well, see things. He says, he says, yeah, I got got in there and the Fajaminator was all screwed up. And so was the, the John, Fajaminator <laughs> and the Johnson valve. You know about the, no, the, critical, the critical Johnson valve. It was just little repairs that they would not address back in the day on the underside of the car that now – but you know how as long as the car is naked and it's it's metal, you, why not make fix it? Perfect. It? But, the, but 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 he told me about this problem about three hundred seventy days ago. So you think this is his stock excuse? Well, you know. Well, he also let on that he was working on a Seinfeld project, so yes. that's probably bumping everybody exactly. else's stuff. Exactly, I right? got fucked. Yeah, Jerry well, fucked me. So he 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 said it's a long way of saying look. Uh, he can sort any little Zagato problems out first quick. Well, I was just going to bring that up. Considering <laughs> how busy he is, yes. maybe we have to send it to his rival, Rod Emily. <laughs> I mean, if you he's think just too busy. Rod is less busy? I, while but you Rod, were gone, I did a garage tour over there. Yes. And let me tell you something. It's insane over there. He barely had time for me to walk around and follow him with the microphone. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's hugely busy. And, and I don't know. Do you know any of this? As I pulled in, he was on his phone, and he was—he's like one second to bring a trailer auction of that Speedster, that that old '57 right. Speedster, that the Aquamarine one. Yeah, is going off. And I said, "Is it above, is it above 260?" He goes, "Yeah, it's 500." I said, "What?" And then Eli bought it. Eli Kogan. Are you aware of any of this? I okay, only through you. And I sent Eli a quick congratulatory text, which he responded. Congratulations! To. Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> what is well, the you, congratulations? You and you for buying a car. Oh, it's, it's what I always refer to in an auction is the win lose. You win, you lose. You win because you spent more money than anybody else. <laughs> Hence, you're a loser. <laughs> That's Listen true. To you, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you know, he's you won by spending more money than anyone else. I told Rod, I saw him yesterday, and I told him, and I really believe this, that that's a moment, I feel like the Emory uh, Motorsports and Rod Emery himself popped uh, in the last couple of weeks. Like, that really is, the market is telling us that he's at a new level of car fame right. and acceptance. He right? is the next generation. He's already there, right? Is a, th- a three-generation builder, right? And it took three generations for people to go, okay. We like you. You're a brand now. And your cars are now have more value than the other little bills that are going on, I Absolutely. believe. Absolutely. He, right? he is one of a kind. Well, he, anyway. Yeah. I'm going to plug him because I believe in him. He I believe in it. his honesty. I believe no, but in he's his great. probity. I believe in the quality. Yes, quality of his Puberty. <laughs> you are a wormy cocksucker. <laughs> that was what I was going to call you for, for scheduling this today. <laughs> a wormy? A wormy. Look at the guy behind the glass. He's the guy who schedules the podcast. He's the he wormy cocksucker. They do a great job. That's Will. He's our producer. And Kirsten, they schedule the podcast. Are they wormy together? No, I have to call them and go, when can I get time in the studio? He gives me time. I go, hold it now. And then I try to put someone in there. Right? That's how it works. It's not based on you, Zuckerman. It's not based on Zuckerman's travel. It's based on the fact that we have to do a show every week. That's all. Wait. So wait. Let me get back on track. All right. The Zagato has been uh, accepted at the Works Reunion Show. Real. Now, this is news. This is news. You did not provide me with this news. 2019. It will be billed as the Morris Solomon <laughs> 356. Purveyor of fine automobiles. Zagato, Coupe, Carrera, however, whatever it is. Coupe. <laughs> whatever it's called. And they, are, they put us in their uh, PCA newsletter that it's going to Come be on. there. How great is Come that? On. Shall I wear a toupee to go with a coupe? <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> a toupee for the coupe. The only thing we have to figure out is how to get it there because I'm doing uh, panels that morning. But I think we're going to get up early, drive the car there, drive Why back. Why just tell Ed Brown? Uh, because it, it wouldn't okay. be fun to, to squeeze into that stupid thing and, and drive it all the way over yes. there and stand in the heat. Uh, we'll be going back and forth. And I, by the way, I don't, you don't have to do that. We can drive together. You can stay. I can leave. I don't know. Okay. But we'll figure it out. But it's really exciting. It's very exciting. We're going to be part of that event, um, and it'll give us something to do. Look at that. Um, what else did I want to bring up with you? I think we did that. I have uh, also just got out of uh, the uh, Jaguar I-Pace. Really? My second Jaguar I-Pace loan. And I like this one better than the last one. Why? Well, I got a black one. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> that was it. Just the color. <laughs> no, did, there did... were all sorts of... I uh, <clears throat> I have a show in production all the way in Glendale, so I was driving back and forth from the west side to Glendale in this thing, and it, this time, rather than driving around the west side of L.A., this time I really got to see how fast this car is. <laughs> this thing jams. I was with, you know, all variety of BMW M-Class vehicles and Corvettes, and, there, and nothing was keeping up with it. It was really fast. And again, it was another uh, family pleaser. My wife liked it. My kids loved it. It's, you know, if you don't want to have a Tesla like everybody else on this side of uh, L.A., you've now got a legitimate option. Let me ask you a question, Ferriston, because I, this, this notion of electricity yes. and a fast electric car. Yes. Remember the song, Electricity? Electricity. How does it, Electricity? I don't remember it. E, you don't remember Electricity on the PBS Sunday oh. mornings? Yeah. 
What, you know, how, how does the song go? I don't remember the song, but I, mean, I remember the show, right? Right, right it was the educational. But, it had the driving Miss Daisy guy in it. Exactly. Right, Electric Company. Le- exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, are we going to like electric sports cars as much as our gas-burning sports cars? Will there come a day when we, when it takes us, when it gives us that passion, when it, it grabs us with visceral, uh, visceral delight? You know how your your kids like to say they've come up with an invention. Nine year old James said, "I I think I have a way I could make money." And I'm like, "How?" He goes, "I if I could come up with a program or some way to to make this electric uh, eye pace sound good." <laughs> and I said, "You know what? That's a legitimate uh, idea." Because that's what it needs. It you know all of these cars they go they're like little Tron mobiles, and this one is no different with the electric motors on it. But if they find a way to give it a little grunt, you've got something pretty thrilling because the car is fast. So question. So here, so here, let me answer the question. I think it's a matter of lightness. When they find a way to lighten these batteries, because it is very heavy. You've got the speed, but when you find that you know a way to give it a little more of a soul. And that's the sound. And that's, for me, that's the sound and the, the oral, com- The oral component. Uh, yeah, by comparison, I had the GT2 RS down on highways, that private 73, Route 73 right. down there, with no traffic, right? Cop trap. And, you know, James is looking down, and he's like, wow, 105. And I went, what? <laughs> you know, the, the, the downforce of that car, I thought I was going maybe 68 miles an hour. And we were doing – I had to throttle back because, I, you know, it was just so smooth on this open highway. And I didn't, I didn't feel the speed. I was blown away by it. I'm wondering if you – let's take a, a person. Let's say there's a world in which we never use another internal combustion engine. Somebody has never heard one. A kid has never heard one, and he gets in a fast electric car. He doesn't know that he's missing the sound. Of a gas engine, right. internal combustion engine. Will he be as taken with that car? Yeah. He won't know the difference. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I Well, you know, they'll get used to electric cars. The electric cars are coming whether we like it or not, and then we all acclimate. You know, people acclimate to jail in two weeks. <laughs> they suddenly feel like, ah, this is my life. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very crazy <laughs> statement, but I like it's it. It's not a crazy statement. It it's is. a psychological statement. You, you acclimate the human <laughs> – it's human nature. We acclimate to whatever our situation is in about two weeks, whatever it is. It's, it's like you're in the bathroom going number two, and after five minutes you don't smell it anymore? Is that <laughs> what you're saying? No, it, well, it's always poopy references. No, I think it's <laughs> more that like – Say you move to a new house. It's always weird for the first week or so. And then you're like, you know, here here it is. You know when you move to a new house and you've done this a couple times, right, recently, and you walk in for the first time and you see that weird paint color or that strange doorknob. You hate it. You hate it, right? And you go, I got to change that. If you don't change it in a week or two. You forget. You forget. And I so agree. That's what I'm talking about with electric cars. Um, and they're coming. And I got to say, you know, as you're reading about L.A. getting smoggier and smoggier, it does feel good to do most of your basic driving in an electric vehicle. And, uh, you know, my lease is coming up. I'm jumping in. I just don't know what yet. I don't know if it's going to be I-Pacey, tesla E. I I don't know if it's going to be uh, Nissan Leafy, just something silly and small. But I, I really want uh, a basic electric vehicle for all of my boring driving. Wow. And then Ed Begley Ferriston. Yeah. No, and then I want to jump into the GT2 RS, which, by the way, outside of L.A., 
Wow, it's a rock star, okay. that car. We're going to take that car down to Mexico. We're going to do a run oh, to my house in Mexico <laughs> in that thing. Because on the other side of the border, <laughs> though it's not true, it is my belief you can go as fast as you want. <laughs> well, it wasn't about the speed, the rock star part of it. What I meant was there aren't a lot of people who've seen those. So as we were driving around from place to place, we, it, people were just taking pictures and were coming up. Can I look at it? Can I sit in it? It was really fun. It was a star. The car. But I think I have it. A lot of Porsche guys had not seen them yet. Even at the silly Concours we were at, which wasn't silly, but it was a 356 Concours, the Porsche Brethren, they they had a lot of them were like, wow, we haven't seen these either. It was fun. It was really fun to have it. LA have is such to share. a peculiar place. I, this morning on Melrose, in between Doheny and San Vicente, I saw more Porsches, <laughs> more exotic cars on that one stretch of Melrose. It could be, what, a quarter of a mile? Right. Then I saw the whole 10 days when I was in Europe. And we're acclimated to it. We're acclimated to it. What right? are they driving in France and Corsica? They're driving weird fucking Peugeots and weird <laughs> Citroëns and nothing that – truly nothing that has soul. New stuff. New, New stuff. Citroens, and right. I, was, I was in a rental car that was such a gutless pig. It was so <laughs> absolutely gutless. Right. It was it – was, where, about- where does Zuckerman drive in this rental car? So we, Where are you going? We go in between little towns in Corsica. Ah. Uh-huh. And, and – and I will tell you, there were roads. Did there. you wear one of those little bikini speedo bathing suits like yeah. the Europeans? And a, and a beret. <laughs> <laughs> I wore a beret and a, and a speedo hey. <laughs> with my junk hanging out the side. Because <laughs> those those little French guys are small. They're thin. If, if I had put a, there wouldn't be a speedo big enough to contain all of Zuckerman. <laughs> <laughs> those little French guys. <laughs> those little French. But if I had been in one, it would have been it would have been a triple X. Hey, yeah, it's like a good 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 observation. Yeah. Are there any muscular French guys? No, they're none, all right? they're all little boy bodies. They all they're they're fifty years old and they look like your son James. And oh no, it's horrible. <laughs> I thought they ate the baguettes. How are they staying so thin? It's genetics, I think. It well, is. Well, abs- you know, I'm a little French. Well, then maybe that's me. Maybe that's why I have mincy wrists. You should mince, mincing around. You flouncing and mincing. Flouncing and, and mincing. mincing. But anyway. if I put on a Speedo, I would have been arrested. <laughs> would have been like, God. There's always a guy like that on those European beaches, though, who comes in, really, not you, but a really roly-poly guy with a big gut, old guy, doesn't give a fuck, and then he drops his pants, he's got the tiny Speedo on and the necklace, and he bends over a few times and goes down to the water, and, and he's it, the show. It, I, I would be the most disgusting human being. My... <laughs> My boulders would never – I'd have a boulder on each side of the, of the thong part. You better get that checked out. They're not supposed to be boulder size. Anyway, we've got a special episode of Spike's Car Radio for you. When we come back, we're going to have the folks from the Pebble Beach Concours one at a time. We're going to start with the chairperson, Sandra Button. We'll be right back. Think of all the weird things you find in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety, petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm not talking about Moise's groceries in the front boot of my GT2 RS. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Actually, Moise's groceries made me wonder about him. 
weird vegetables I've never seen before. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, and Ford GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and VWs. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's the OE technology series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has an OE Technology Series multi-V belt for 98% of vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises when you work on cars and trucks. A belt should not be one of them. Go to the Continental OE Technology Series multi-V belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Welcome back to Spike's Car Radio. Before I uh, put Sander Button for the Pebble Beach Concour on, I want to welcome back Valvoline. This segment is brought to you by Valvoline, the only motor oil brand with a dedicated engine lab. Zuckerman, one of our big sponsors, Valvoline. They're designed to test motor oil quality and performance. The labs are in engines from multiple manufacturers. The different test runs at the facility are designed to evaluate things like oil consumption, deposit buildup, wear, fuel economy, and carbon buildup. You ever have any issues with that carbon buildup? Would that even make it to you? In my pipes. <clears throat> I, I will tell you, when I was a kid, the Valvoline <laughs> yeah. stickers were the coolest. Yeah, we like the stickers. Yes. Right. Send us some stickers, Valvoline. Decals. Well, Valvoline tests all of their products. In addition to products from other brands, our engineers and technicians test heavy-duty products for diesel engines, too. That's Valvoline. The first brand to develop motor specifically to combat carbon buildup with modern engine first racing oil and first high mileage oil valvoline yeah send us some stickers please now we're going to go to the phones and talk to uh, sandra button chairman chairperson of the pebble beach concord and find out what's going on in a couple weeks we're going to be there sandra hey there how are you well, it's, it's closing in fast. <laughs> wow. Well, that, I lo- that, my name's Paul Zuckerman, by the way. I'm Spike's co-host. I just love hearing the weight of that response. Holy cow. Yeah. Heavy is yeah. the head that wears the crown. Now, yes. Sandra, why have they not made – are you comfortable being called the chairman or would you prefer yeah. chairperson? No, I like chairman. I, I Maybe that's not the right thing, but sounds good to me. All right, and you've been doing this uh, this job for a long time since uh, two thousand two, as a matter of fact. Yes, well, actually, uh, next year will be my thirty fifth Pebble Beach Concours. Wow, thirty five years! Mm-hmm. Is this a full time job for you? Or are you doing it year round? Oh yeah, we have uh, twelve people year round on staff. And uh, no, it's it's definitely year year round. It's, it, you, it, you can imagine it's like running a small business, but everything happens in one weekend. Wow. Well, um, we are now headed to which which Pebble Beach Concord do we have coming up? This is the 69th or the 70th? 69th. 69th. And what? Fill us in for the folks listening at home on what uh, this year is all about. Because every year it changes. There's a different marquee, and there's all sorts of events around it. And it's unlike anything you've ever seen, Monterey Car Week, ending with the Pebble Beach Concours. What are going to be the highlights of, of this year's event? Well, this year is probably the last really big year as far as uh, uh, centenary celebration. And uh, believe it or not, uh, Bentley 
is it's their 100 years, and along with our featured coach work, uh, Zagato, uh, also 100 years. And strangely, really? a hun- yeah, 100 years for Pebble Beach Company. So all that started in 1919. Wow. So, so Zagato is going to be a whole class that's going to be judged? Yes. Uh, we actually have a pre-war class and a post-war class uh, for Zagato. And a great group of cars, about 17 cars uh, all through their history. Really? And, of course, of course, Andrea Zagata will be here. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's our guy. We, you know, uh, Paul Zuckerman and I have a uh, Porsche 356 Zagato Coupe that uh, Andrea built for us over the last couple of years being nice that we're taking up there. Um, what, you know, I imagine now I'm going through in my head the Rolodex of Zagato classics, Aston Martin. What, can you tell us some of the cars that are going to be on display? Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. We, you know, we do have an Aston Martin. We've tried to get as many different marks as possible, you know, just to really show what they do and what they can, you know, how they can change uh, a manufacturer's car. Um, wow. We have, you know, an early Fiat, you know, an Otovu, um, obviously a number of Alfa Romeos, Ferraris, Maserati, but also an Ace Bristol and mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> uh, two Bristols and, of course, the Aston Martin. So uh, a lot of different, and, of course, a Lamborghini. So you'll see wow. a lot of different marks. Are we going to see that Ferrari? There's, a, there's one in Beverly Hills, I believe. It's a Ferrari 250 uh, Zagato, blue with a white top. That could be one of my mm-hmm. favorite cars in the world. That wins all the time. Oh, yeah. In fact, it's on that's one of your definitely, posters. Definitely <laughs> David Sidorik's bringing that car out. So. <laughs> wow, that's my favorite car in the world, Zuckerman. Zagato has such depth. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is going to be amazing. Now, um, 35 years, how did you first get into this? Is it a family thing? No, sadly, I wish. Uh, but, uh, no, I was, I was working for Pebble Beach Company, and my title was Director of Special Events. So I did everything from a dog show, if you can believe it, <laughs> rugby, polo, uh, you know, all sorts of golf events, and the Pebble Beach Concours. And wow. uh, it became apparent that the Pebble Beach Concours needed, you know, full-time support. And uh, to be honest, I've never been a golfer. I love cars. So I jumped at the opportunity. Whatever happened to the dog show? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the dog show actually still exists. It's the Del Monte Kennel Club. It used to oh. be part of, you know, the whole Del Monte Forest thing. And there they sort of got kicked to the curb a little bit. Um, <laughs> it was it was a pretty cool event, but they're they're out at the local middle school now. That was the <laughs> that was the dogs playing chess, Suckerman. Yes. Only the finest yeah. dogs. <laughs> they took a left turn and went to the school. Yeah. And Westminster was ascendant, and Pebble Beach went went with cars. Sandra has a pretty big uh, car collection herself, really? and motorcycles, right? And I'm really? reading here, a 1929 Bentley 6 half-liter Sedanka Coupe. Wow. Yes, it's got the half-top kind of a thing. 65 yeah, Mustang? Sort of, they call it an, o- an opera coupe or something. Um, yeah, our six and, a, six and a half actually has a big six engine that for some reason the first owner – replaced the engine uh, within a year of getting delivery of the car. It was a, he was a Yorkshireman, and we're not really sure why. They weren't making the original engines anymore, so that might be why, but great car, a lot of car. 
um, but a fun car to drive. What? Tell us about some of the cars in your collection. Well, my husband Martin and I try to uh, get the right cars for driving events we like to do. Okay. So we've had a number of uh, London to Brighton cars, and uh, we had we had a you know I'd love to have a two-cylinder, or I, I dream of having a four-cylinder car for that event, but uh, every cylinder starts to cost a lot for a car you use once a year. Right. <laughs> so we've, we've mostly, we've only done London to Brighton in a one-cylinder car, so uh, we usually have the magnificent finish of, if we can do it under eight hours, and that's <laughs> 60, 60 miles, <clears throat> that tells you how mm-hmm. fast. I guess you're faster than that guy with the steam engine that did it once. Yeah. <laughs> that's my much, 5K but... time, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about modern car? I mean, do you own any Porsches? Don't don't own any Porsches. Um uh we have our latest car, I think. Well, we have a 300 SL Roadster. Nice. Um, it just ticks all the boxes. In yeah. fact, we had it out yes We had it out yesterday and I was like, "Why do I love this car so much? It just does everything you ask of it." And, what color uh, is it? It's a it's a 57. It's kind of that it's that color that they call ivory, mm. um, Eisenbein, but it's um, a little gray, right? So, sort of between. No, it's sort of between cream and yellow. It's mm. a really gorgeous color, and then it's got a brown interior and uh, uh, to brown die top. For. So it's gorgeous. <clears throat> and people taking pictures of you wherever you went, right? Mm-hmm. That car mm-hmm. gets a lot of attention. That car. Good Sex Lord. appeal, technology, it's everything, and, everything. And you're... Have, you, have you ever seen one in a, in a shop taken apart? Oh, well, yes. Zuckerman it's, owns it's one. Awe, he, he's got one. It's awe-inspiring how many racks of... <laughs> I don't even know how they put that all back together. Um, when you look at the cost to restore one, you really understand why when you see one all mm-hmm. laid out like that. Yeah. What kind of, uh, what kind of motorcycles do you have? Well, of course, uh, we have a number of Harleys. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're riding bikes still. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then, you know, we have, like, some early cafe racer kind of stuff and stuff we wow, don't ride cool. anymore. What's your honest. earliest Harley that you have? Do you have old, old stuff, old knuckleheads, old you know, war stuff? Yeah, I think our earliest one is maybe 72. Um, Good stuff. Did we lose yeah. you? Oh, no. Yeah. No, ha- I'm here. We have here. you there. And you're out riding bikes. Wow. These would be the coolest yeah. parents in the world, Zuckerman. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, imagine that. Do you have kids? We have three all together. And, 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 uh, and do, they like the, do they like these things? Well, you know, the girls are younger, and I don't – they're <laughs> – I mean, they're both 25 now. Mm-hmm. But when they were younger, their stepsisters – Neither one of them were super interested until the first time a bunch of boys noticed a car when yeah. we dropped them off. Uh-huh. All of a sudden it was, hey, we should take that car. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Do you let them take the cars? Well, no. <laughs> Are they going word, on dates in a, word. In a 300 SL? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? What about no, the Mustang? They're, they're, you can let them use the none Mustang. Of us, none of them live nearby anymore, oh, so it's more in the day getting driven, you know. Now, um, is Jay Leno going to be part of the event? How long has he, Jay been doing it? I know he's usually there the last day to hand out the awards. 
you know, Jay's been with us for decades, and he couldn't be more generous, uh, you know, bringing you know, bring, coming up to the ramp and doing mm-hmm. the raffles and offering garage tours. And, you know, he's, he's raised so much money for us. And I'm amazed how much, not, how much car knowledge he has and how patient he is with, you know, just talking to anybody who loves cars. He he's loves it. And he's wonderful. great. He's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I had a nice morning with him a few years back where we met him early before the concourse started. And he just walked around the lawn just telling us the history of these cars. And he'd just bump into a car and tell us a long history. It was so impressive, his knowledge. Um, does, he ever, does he ever judge the event for you folks? He never has. Um, you know, he's, I think he has a lot of other things he's doing. Right, he's, right. He's obviously, more than qualified and would be very welcome. Yes, indeed. Um, well, you know, Zuckerman, uh, I'm doing a panel this year, which, as you well know, for your yes. uh, for your forum. I think we're doing one on Thursday with Adam Carolla. That's, uh, that's I believe, sold out as of this morning. And there are a few tickets left for Friday at 11 with Pat Dempsey the Porsche racing panel and Hurley Haywood. Um, those are just the best. I love doing that, by the way. Thank you for allowing Spike's Car Radio to come down there because, uh, you know, if you if you saw what we were up to here on a weekly basis, you wouldn't want us anywhere near the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, I but we're thrilled. You, honestly. We're um, thrilled. Thank we, you so much we've, for we've, you we've, know, we've, doing these. Yeah, of course. We feel like we're we're legit now. Now that we're part of the concourse, what what just before we go, what are some of the special events that are happening this year? Like you know, if someone wants to plan a trip to the Pebble Beach concourse, um, you know, what are they coming for? What is it, it? Would you have them arriving on Thursdays? Would you have them? You know, tell tell us uh, what you've got in store for everybody. Well, there's a number of ways to do it, but I would say if you come into town Wednesday night and you're available to watch any part of the Tour d'Elegance, which you know leaves Pebble Beach first thing in the morning at the old race, you know the Pebble Beach Road race start mm-hmm. and finish uh, up in the Equestrian Center area, it's a great way to see the cars. Um, and then the cars, there's a number of places along the route, you know, all the way down to Big Sur where you can watch cars, and there's nothing like seeing them go by. It's I mean, they, they look, you know, they all look great static, but, you know, there's a reason they have wheels. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can, you know, go look at the cars in Carmel, uh, you know, over the lunch hour on Thursday. And so it's just, it's a different way to see them. And the participants are, I think, a lot more relaxed because they're not being judged. Mm-hmm. So if you want to ask somebody about their car, that's a great time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, you mentioned the forum schedule. Um, so Friday's a great day to go over to the forum and, and go see you with Hurley and Patrick Dempsey. Um, and also look through Retro Auto, which is our sort of it's – a, it's, a, it's basically a bunch of vendors from all over the world selling things that are all things automotive about – the automotive lifestyle. And even if you don't buy anything, there's some great stuff to look at. Uh, that's and then at, we that's have a at, number of you know what that's at yeah, the that's at Spanish Bay Inn at Spanish Bay and you know what I don't I don't I always forget it's there I don't think a lot of people know about it the Inn at Spanish Bay valet circle is one of our favorite places mm-hmm. to visit and to be a part of that's usually where we stay and then like you say you go there's retro auto and you walk into this hall full of the coolest old car stuff and with the British car guys in the back it's it's one of my favorite 
parts of the event. It, you know, that thing could be even bigger. Do you ever think about just like blowing out the size of the vendors or do they fight over that space? Because, you know, what a what you yeah, mean? sadly, there's only so much space. But, yeah. Uh, great vendors from around the world. It's incredible. I mean, really, really neat people. And then on Saturday, you know, we have Infinity has an amazing display and a, a Japanese type, you know, car display of all different manufacturers. Um and and then from there you can walk through uh, Peter Hay and there's another number of other manufacturers displays uh, and of course take a peek at the Gooding auction you know uh, so lots going on on we'll Saturday be even before yeah best coffee right Zuckerman that's where we go the best <laughs> coffee yeah <laughs> you drink coffee and then we get overheated about cars we don't need that's what happens. Right? You especially, yeah. Zuckerman. Oh, I'm so susceptible. I am so susceptible to the, to, the, to the atmosphere up there. Yeah. It works for me. Whatever you're doing makes me want yeah. to spend money. Yeah. Well, well, look, all those great cars, you know, just imagine yourself owning them. I wish my commas and zeros were in different places right. in my bank account. But. You're doing okay. You're doing okay yeah. with what I heard. You're doing just fine. Well, Sandra... Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I look forward to shaking your hand when I get up there myself. Hopefully, we'll see you up there. Good luck, of course, with the event, which is uh, which we're super excited about. Zagato, Zuckerman. Can't believe it. And we're going to have our Zagato up there. For the 100th anniversary. Hey, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sandra, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And nice chatting I'll with you. See you at Pebble Beach very soon. Okay. And Zuckerman? Okay. Thank you. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. Let me tell you something. Did you know most people have no idea whether or not the motor oil they're using is good enough to protect their engine? Everybody's driving around not even caring about what's going on under the hood. Only one brand literally goes the extra mile to test everything, including ensuring they're the right motor oil for your car. And I'm talking about Valvoline. That's right. Valvoline is the only motor oil brand in the world with an engine lab completely dedicated to testing motor oil. Valvoline takes their products and their competitors, I might add, and runs them through the gauntlet. I'm talking thousands of miles. Then the engineers and technicians take those engines apart to evaluate exactly what happened. Please don't try this at home. Trust that Valvoline has done it for you. Was there carbon buildup? How did the seals hold up? Did the engine perform like it was supposed to? And most importantly, were the critical engine components protected? You don't know, but Valvoline does. So when Valvoline is formulating motor oil for your engine, they know exactly how it performs and what protects it best, because they've seen the results firsthand. It's why I trust Valvoline in my car, and it's why Valvoline has been trusted for more than 150 years. Head over to Valvoline.com slash spike to see what product is right for your engine. That's Valvoline.com slash spike. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, welcome back, everybody. All right, Zuckerman. Now, now we're going to one of the judges of the Pebble Beach Concours, uh, Colin Feitmeyer. Feitmeyer, Will, is, is that right? Yes. I have, right. I have it correct, and he's going to uh, tell us a little bit about how, we, uh, how, how they judge these cars. Colin, are you there? Yes. Yes, I am. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, we're okay. You're, you're the executive uh, director of the Pebble Beach Concours? No, I'm a uh, chief class judge this year. Wow, chief um, class the early one. judge. Okay, that's correct. And 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 what does that mean? Explain explain to us in the audience what you do exactly. Sure. So, well, I'm two things actually. I wear two hats. Part of it is I'm also on the selection committee 
for the concourse. So I'm part of a team that when the cars apply, we debate, say yes or no, that sort of thing, uh, do research in, ter- in terms of what cars get onto the field. And then the day of the show, I'm on the um, – uh, I'm one of the judges uh, this year. I'm a chief class judge for Class A1, which is uh, horses carriage pre 1915. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse my. This shock. is uh, this is my co-host pa- Paul Zuckerman, and yes, this is an adult podcast. <laughs> How many people are in your are judging your class? Uh, we have three judges in our class, and you're the chief of so- the three. That's correct, yeah. So there's three judges. There's, I think, this year there's eight cars on display, six of which we're judging off memory. Okay. And how how is it that you are qualified? This To me, this would seem to be an arcane <clears throat> segment of the classic car world. How are you qualified? It, He's 150 it, years old. <laughs> <laughs> he was there when Daimler invented the, the engine. <laughs> I'm younger than some of the people that have uh, some of the people have owned cars longer than I've been alive. But <laughs> um, you know, it's just kind of one of the things. I grew up around them, and something clicked. And as a kid, I've always paid attention to the early stuff, and um, and still do, and just had the enthusiasm for them. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where you're right. It's it's unique. It's not the normal, uh, you know, sports cars and kind of the sexier side of the hobby, I guess. But uh, it's kind of what I've always liked. Okay. Yeah. Say say you're a guy. This is just a Pebble Beach Concours uh, question. You're a guy. Yeah. You've got this special car at home. And you believe, which most people do believe, their cars are worth showing in a Concorde like yours. You believe, uh, my Ferrari, this this car should be accepted at the Pebble Beach Concorde. How, do, how does sure. it work? Are, are, is he sitting around waiting for an invitation from the Concorde? What's, or you mentioned some application process. How, tell us uh, how it works. Yeah, the more common way, I mean, there are uh, invitation um, invitations that go out for kind of special stuff um, that the selection committee knows of. But say you're just that guy and you've got this Ferrari in your garage and you say this thing's special, need the world needs to see it. Uh, you'd get a you'd get an application. You can download them from the website. You can um, a lot of people they have a mailing list that's huge for people that have shown in the past and they get them as well. And so you take the application. It's a two page plus a history page. So it's kind of check the box type of thing. You talk about the history, and then there's a third page where it's this is our car, and this is why this car, Ferrari, or whatever it is, is um, appropriate to show at Pebble Beach. You send that in. You send in photos with it. A lot of times people send in you know, more background history about the restoration, about uh, previous ownership, um, provenance, that sort of thing. And then the selection committee reviews it. Um, and so we get, you know, I think the office gets thousands of these applications a year. We see hundreds of the applications because they do weed out stuff like the 73 El Camino and that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Have there been applications like that for an El Camino? Absolutely. (laughs) No, that's hilarious. We got a Model A pickup one time that a preschool had painted, you know, and they gave every kid a, a paintbrush and Aww. they went crazy. It was cuter than hell, but it was like, well, that's kind of not what we're doing. But, you know, it was really a neat thing. Is <laughs> is there going to be a time in the future where the El Camino is welcome? Because I would I would love to see that. That's one of my favorite <laughs> cars. Class. What's yeah, that? The, uh, the El Camino and Rancho. Yeah, why not? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, <Well> surely <laughs> as as the Pebble Beach rich people start to die as they get old, the yeah. the El Camino exactly. folk come in right behind. Well, that's that, right. They, they, we say we let them go to Concord of Lemons. Um, <clears throat> now, what about these? Um, do you, who are your honorary judges? Because I know in the past you've had folks like Bob Lutz and Parnelli Jones and some pretty big automotive names as honorary judges. Do, do right. they do they get to to really judge, or are they just standing around looking good, taking pictures? I uh, know. I mean, they really do. They don't judge from a technical standpoint like mm-hmm. we do, where you know we're looking at the. Um, fasteners under the hood and, you know, is this plated correct or should this have been painted or, you know, that sort of thing with the more detail. The honorary judges, and there are some uh, famous race car drivers, um, there's a lot of uh, designers, um, modern and historic designers, you know, guys who have designed cars in the past. Um, They do more of the aesthetics and the the awards that would be kind of the honorary awards or the special awards, they call them in their you know the um, the Charles Chain Award, which you know signifies techno- technologically advanced cars for their era. Or um, there's aesthetic awards. There's an award for luxury car for most um, you know best open car, best closed car, that sort of thing. And they're more they do those classes or not classes. They do those awards um, versus just we do the first, mm-hmm. second, third in our class. Wow. Yeah, That's... and so ours is more historic, more accurate to the way it left the factory, that sort of thing. Is there an element of of how the car operates, functions, and drives in the judging that you're going to be doing in this very early class? Absolutely, yeah. So with the very early class, you don't have them turn their headlights on because they're gas. (laughs) We've had people volunteer to do it and done it, and it's cool, but it's not mandatory to go Mm -hmm. let your light your lanterns. Um, but we definitely have to start the car um, the way it idles. And, and, you know, I mean, you can't have them drive it around, but, you know, start it and it settles into a nice normal idle and there's no um, absurd sounds or anything like that. So definitely uh, part of it, um, you know, you're looking for leaks that are out of the ordinary. An ordinary leak is kind of like seepage and that sort of thing. But if all of a sudden they start it up and they got you know, water shooting out of a hose or something like that, it can go, okay, well, that's not the way it was intended. Um, So, you know, absolutely, the function does play a role in it for sure. Um, As far as that, as far as starting it up, doesn't it have to go on the tour? And and doesn't it also, if it wins, it has to make it up to the podium? Is that true? So the, the tour is optional. Most of the cars, I'd say probably 75% of the cars on the field, or maybe 80, go on the tour. If there's a tie in a class, the nod goes to the car that completed the tour. Uh-huh, um, like and so the tour is optional. We've had, it's become a little bit of an issue when you get to a car from like 1902. Right. And they kind of go, okay, you know, 80 miles was a big day for a 1902 car. It's not, you know, so hard for a, a 65 Maserati or whatever. So um, the, you know, but, but it definitely does, play a part of it and a lot of the early owner the owners of the early cars are kind of proud to be able to say look i completed the tour no problem yeah what's wrong with your car um and you're absolutely right they do have to drive over the ramp under their own power so you know <laughs> in the car and i'll tell you driving over the ramp isn't the hard part because i've been a part of this too it's waiting 
in yes. line for all the other classes and the car's starting to get warm because they're just yep. sitting there idling in the sunshine and you're kind of like, okay, you know, wow. do I trust my starter? Can I shut it down and <laughs> make sure it gets back up and all that stuff? Right. Well, what happens um, in that moment? You're sitting there, you've already won your class and you're waiting to drive up and then it doesn't start. Then what do you guys yeah, do? Well, I, you know, that's <laughs> fortunately I haven't experienced it firsthand, but I know um, it's happened. And uh, you don't know when you're waiting in the kind of the holding area, you don't know if you're first, second, or third. You just know you're right. waiting in a war, oh, which I is see. cool. So you're already kind of sweaty, and then you're sitting there, and your car's idling, and you're watching the temperature gauge rise and rise, and then you're going, does it start? <laughs> Probably doesn't start great when it's really hot, and you know, and you don't know if your class is up next. They, the, the good news is there's a lot of volunteer docents that are in that area that are doing traffic control and everything, and they'll tell you, look, you've got 10 minutes or – you're 15 minutes out if you want to shut it down and that sort of thing. So they use them because they're they're aware, you know, this is not what these cars are designed to do. And some of the right. when you get into the, some of the race cars and that sort of thing that were meant to, you know, never be sitting around idling, it's not a great yeah, thing. Yeah, so yeah. You'll see guys kind of roll up, shut them off, and then, you know, get them going again. But what? But in theory, what? where could you fall to? Let's say you won you best in your class, your first place, and now your yeah. car isn't moving. Would you get bumped down to third, or are you potentially bumped out of the whole thing? Well, I think, I guess it's, they'll give you a chance. I've seen it where a car gets push started. The car gets, you know, kind of like it's idling, but they can't. I think they give you a pretty good benefit of the doubt when you get to that point, especially if you drove it up there. Where you really could fall is more, all the cars are in line still on the field, and they come over and say, hey, you won an award, you need to get it up, and the car won't start at that point, uh-huh. then it'll fall to, <clears throat> wow. out of the and award. And they'll go to the fourth-place car and say, okay, you won an award now, you get to go up and, and wait in line. So, is, yeah. there, is there a time limit? I was at a Concord this weekend where they had, it, it appeared to be about a five-minute time limit for the judges to go through the car, and they were on a stopwatch, and then they had to move on. Um, I we we kind of have it unofficial just because the, you know, the, the chief judge uh, of the whole you know, all the judges, Chris Bach, he's under a lot of pressure to get the results in so they can start the award ceremony and everything else, and we're not sitting around until 8 o'clock at night out on the golf course. So um, he's the one that, you know, says, look, you need to have your awards in by 1130, back to the judges' room uh, and everything, all our, our sheets filled out, which means, you know, you if we have six cars, we got and we start at nine, got to divide it up and make sure we get them done in that two and a half hours. So usually you get a 20 minutes on a car or 15 minutes on a car and yeah and that's enough and you can keep moving <clears throat> now oh here you go this is where the rubber <laughs> meets right. i got a couple more questions <laughs> all right first and then zuckerman's got a question and we need you to be honest but first here's what all i right. let's say you know because you're you're talking about the finish on screws <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. let's say something happened you have too much coffee you don't get enough sleep and you make a mistake and you mark yeah. somebody down for something that happens to be correct, and you call it incorrect. Right. W- what happens? Is it just like baseball, where forget it, there, there's no, or is there an instant replay somewhere <laughs> where no, they go? it's like baseball 10 years ago, kind of. It's baseball yeah. 10 years ago, right? It just, yeah, it happened, it's replay. a bad call. Right, and and you really hope, I mean, that puts more, I'm more stressed about that than knowing if what I'm looking at necessarily is making a mistake. And, well, then um, let me just ask you, are you are yeah. you studying right now? Here we are three weeks before the Concord. <laughs> do you have the books open? I have been. yeah, I do a lot of that, actually. Wow. <laughs> You've got, and, and we do have, they always tell you to, look, the guy who owns the car, 
probably knows it better than anybody. Right. And the, a lot of them don't necessarily, you know, they might not know what's right or wrong, but if they're pressed on something, hey, why did you do this? It, those are the kind of questions. Give them a chance to defend uh-huh. a decision that was made during <laughs> mm-hmm. the restoration. Why did you paint this versus plate it? Well, and, and sometimes they'll say, I don't know, that's kind of the guy at the restoration shop, you know, decided we're right, going to paint it. Right. Um, but a lot of times they'll say, well, we got this book, and, you know, we researched and we found that these were probably painted in period, and they were, you know, I mean, there's, and so when you start getting into that, especially when you're talking 1908 car or something like that, yeah. where, you know, some of the judges weren't there when they were brand new or didn't go to the factory, you know, I mean, it, it gets a lot more interpretive, and in pre-1915 cars, there were thousands of, or 8,000 or so automobile um, manufacturers, automotive manufacturers in the U.S. alone. So you all of a sudden go, well, how do I know they were doing that when most of the industry wasn't, or vice versa? Mm-hmm. The best thing, the stuff that <clears throat> I love to find, which sounds kind of sinister or bad, but I love it when you find like a modern bolt that still has the pressings on it, or a Phillips head screw, or something that just didn't exist in 1910. <laughs> because then it's like a no-brainer. It's like, oh, a Bluetooth speaker? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's this? Yeah. What's this USB port? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Second kind of stuff, you look at it and you just go, oh, thank God. You know, it's like a, okay, I got to mark off for this, I got to mark off for this. It's when you start getting into that, like, okay, well, is this pattern of leather just about right? You know, then you get really, um, you hate to see, the, you hate to, get it down to those kind of nuances but inevitably it kind of gets there so there are some classes where the cars are incredibly valuable and the award is incredibly prestigious i imagine Mm -hmm. that there has been time there are times perhaps when an owner a very wealthy and powerful individual might try (laughs) to influence the outcome (laughs) the outcome of of the award has that ever happened I haven't heard of it or seen it personally <laughs> from a bribery standpoint or anything like that. You're projecting um, Zuckerman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this well, is I what Zuckerman would do. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, exactly. No, no <laughs> fruit <laughs> baskets coming to your hotel room the night before? <laughs> stuffed <laughs> with money. <laughs> <laughs> Harry and David <laughs> stuffed with money. <laughs> Edible yeah, fruit yeah. with money wrapped around the sticks. <laughs> Except, by the way, <laughs> no, the, um, but what I have seen is people, you know, don't like telling, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of rich guys. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, people that are very successful in business. They didn't get there because they take losses well. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, I have seen that where people, um, or more, fortunately, I haven't seen it firsthand on stuff that I've worked on, but I've, you know, definitely, we've all heard the stories where a guy's pissed, I'm not coming back, I'm never going to come here again, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, guy, you know, look at it, put the other hat on and look at it kind of, but there's definitely been some of those where um, people definitely uh, are pissed off because they didn't. They, you know, they, their outcome wasn't what they thought it should be. Right. Um, well, you're laying a lot of money out to detailers and car restoration right. shops, and, you know, they can only totally. control so much. So I'll bet the restoration shops hear more of it than anybody else. Um, yeah. And, and the, part of it, we've had situations where, you know, two cars, one might be a great car, like a more special car, but it wasn't as re- restored as well as maybe a lesser car in the same class. And so... 
a lesser car from a value standpoint or something like that. Mm-hmm. But so the lesser, the car that's worth less might, you know, move higher up in the, um, the finish. Whereas this other car, that's just some fantastic, you know, multi-million dollar thing that everybody kill to have has a bunch of little things wrong with it. You know, from a judging standpoint, it doesn't affect the overall desirability of that car, but you know, that can, that can come into play, which is a hard thing to explain as well. Um, yes, your car's a better car, but it wasn't restored as accurately as, you know, this other one, that sort of thing. Now, is, is, go uh, ahead. What do you got? I was going to ask, are some of these restorers on the judging committees? Yeah, there are some restorers that are judges. Um, not a lot of them because there's <laughs> definitely – they have to be vetted, and it's, it's a conflict, You're right? sniffing out the corruption, Zuckerman? Well, okay, it's, it's a big deal if you're a restoring shop to say that yeah. one of your restorations won Huge. Pebble Beach. So That's right. And it's a nice promo to say, you know, the guy who owns the shop is uh, is a Pebble Beach judge as well. He knows what he's talking about. And so they – and they tend to judge in the classes that they restore most of the cars for. If they're a Ferrari restoration shop, they might be a Ferrari judge. Um, they're only – they're not a lot of them. There are a few of them. They are pretty well vetted to be, you know, assured that this guy's not going to be – a conflict uh, mm-hmm. um, or have conflicting opinions. I mean, it's tough because not only they, they'll re- recuse themselves for the car if they restored a car that's being shown, but you're still going to be judging the other cars and you have to continuously, you know, they have to be able to remind themselves that, hey, I got to judge this other car fair regardless of what it's competing against. And you kind of judge the car against itself. You don't necessarily rank it against the others until you get to the end and you tally the points. Um, I'll tell you what the, the most difficult thing is for a car is like in our class where there were, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of manufacturers in 1910, let's say, if you've got, say you've got a 1910 Packard being shown and there happens to be one of the judges is an absolute expert on Packards, <clears throat> but he's not as good on a Mercer, let's say, because he doesn't, you know, know him inside and out as well as he, maybe his own three Packards in his life or something like that the Packard tends to get hurt a little bit more because that guy knows every mm. little nuance that's wrong or, you know, boy, you know, I know this is because I've done so much research on it where I haven't necessarily personally restored a Mercer and they might've done it that way, you mm-hmm. know, it's that kind of thing. So the more knowledge almost can, can, can hurt a, can hurt a car a little bit. Interesting. You know? There's a, uh, there's a funny old uh, Jay Leno story uh, that he tells about the Concord event about uh, points off about this guy with this really old car and the judges are checking it out and the clock isn't working. And they say, we're going to have to deduct some points. You know this story? No. We're going to have to deduct a few points. And he goes, no, no, wait, let me find the restorer. He's here somewhere. And he goes, well, it's not working. And he goes, just hold on, let me go find the restorer. And he's looking around the lawn for the restorer and he he can't find the guy. And the judges just finally deduct the points. I think it was two points. And he sees the restorer with a Coke in his hand. He goes... He starts screaming at him, swearing. And he goes, "What are you? What are you doing? The clock doesn't work." And he goes, "What are you talking about? Did you wind it?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a little bit of that that goes on too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on. Well, um, anyway, Colin Fightmeyer, thank you so much. I hope uh, we bump into you there. You you were a great guest. I appreciate you coming on and providing some insight into how this works. We really consider this event to be the World Series, the global car event the one the big one of the year and uh very nice of you to come on and tell us how it works um thanks thanks thanks, uh thanks for being here zuckerman that's all the time we have today fantastic got anything to promote on your first day back you know what if after listening to all of this probity yes 
I'm just going to say I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> it's nice to be here, yeah. isn't it? And, uh, folks, uh, we'll see you uh, next week. And uh, if you're going to be at Pebble Beach, uh, we'll be there Thursday and Friday. See you then. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everybody. Dan Patrick here, host of the Dan Patrick Podcast on Podcast One. Join me this week for the hottest sports topics and great interviews. As it stands right now, Tom Brady's still awesome. He's certainly, you know, the most decorated of all time, not even close. I get that. But, yes, going into the 2019 season, Dan, I look at him as the ninth-best quarterback. Download new episodes of the Dan Patrick Show podcast Monday through Friday, only on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One.